0: therefore shall make you free. He shall be free indeed.
1: We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 7th, 2010. And today I'll just give you a quick rundown of some of the main topics that we'll be covering. Starting off first with some Bible verses regarding protection in the We'll be looking at that from a biblical standpoint. And then some uh, just some updates on the website and the forum that we have, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on with the websites at this point. And then we're going to be looking at several articles regarding the devaluation of the dollar, uh, what the Federal Reserve is doing right now, a lot of the Big Brother stuff that is going on. We're going to be looking at Obama's $200 million a day visit to B- Mumbai, uh, that 's cost him two hundred costing us two hundred million dollars per day regarding that, and then we 're going to be looking at an article on how homeland security is to regionalize emergency pl- supplies over the next ninety days. Uh, then a couple articles, one on uh, silver, which uh, i don 't know if you've been following it it's I think uh, we're dealing with around twenty seven an ounce right now it 's really going through the roof. And then 420 banks are demanding an actual one world currency at this point. Uh, Further, we're going to be looking at a speed camera that they've got out right now that actually checks your insurance, tax, and whether you're tailgating or not, or whether you're wearing a seatbelt. That hasn't been implemented worldwide at this point, it's only in European states, and it's it's on a. uh, But it's just technology they have in the works. Uh, We're going to be looking at then Russia how they actually have more occult healers in Russia than they do uh, doctors themselves. We're going to be looking at occult. And then segueing into an article on satanic sacrifices, how there is most likely projected a million people in the United States alone to go missing in 2010, which is a very sobering thing we'll be looking at. Uh, We'll be looking at how Fritz Springmeier just got released from prison. And then we're going to be getting into some of the things about... um, how the Muslims are trying to wipe Israel out of existence. They just had a 100,000-person rally in Gaza to wipe Israel out of existence. And then the new Palestinian libel, how they're really trying to tout that Israel's torturing the prisoners with hot irons and electric drills and things of this nature. I get a lot of emails about that, so I wanted to look at that particular point. And how the Vatican now is calling for an end to Israel's occupation of the Holy Land, and that they are no longer a chosen people, according to the Vatican. And then we're going to be looking at o- Oklahoma, how they banned the Shahara law, but then they turn right around. This Care, this um, Islamic uh, uh, organization, Care, turn right around, and they're now they're suing Oklahoma to block the Shahara ban that Oklahoma just instituted. And then Ox we're going to be ending in how Texas has 200 um, Islamic imams who are being taught how to run Sharia courts in Texas, and how the Texas Sharia court is actually approved by the Second Court of Appeals. So that's kind of a rundown of the topics we'll be covering today. First off, starting out with some Bible verses regarding protection. And some of these you've heard before, some of them you might not have heard, but it's, it's always good to get our eyes focused back on the Word of God and these types of things, as opposed to getting it just focused on news and these types of things. Uh, Psalm thirty-four seven says, "The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear Him, and delivereth them." So these are verses that you know. Um, what time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. Psalm fifty-six three. These are these are verses that are good to commit to memory and good to think about, particularly if you see if you feel fear. Coming up or welling up regarding all of the horrific things that are, we tend to report on on a weekly basis. Uh, Psalm four eight says, "I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for Thou Lord only makest me dwell in safety." So, if you're having trouble getting to sleep, that's a good one to actually quote uh, regarding that particular subject of sleep. And then Psalm twenty seven verse one, "The Lord is my light and my salvation; whom shall I fear?" The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So, again, these are questions that are posed. I mean, in comparison, it doesn't matter how much evil we're facing. In comparison to the Lord Jesus Christ, in comparison to God, it's nothing. Because God created the universe, and he knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows the beginning from the end. So it says, of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? You know? Uh, Psalm 91 verse 7 says A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee. And so Psalm 91 in general is a really good psalm to uh, commit to memory as well. Psalm 91 verse 9 and 10 says Because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the Most High thy habitation there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So again regarding the pandemics and plagues and things like that that are most likely going to be implemented at some point. This is a good verse to commit to uh, to memory because the Lord can preserve you from all of that. Psalm 97.10 says, "Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Now, if you don't have the faith to believe that is so, don't expect God to do it though. Now, I'm not saying that there's not going to be people that are uh, as the Bible predicts, not martyred and things of this nature. But the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what you face, is perfectly capable of delivering you from any situation that you may find yourself in. It's not going to take him by surprise, that's for sure. Okay, So it says, He preserveth the soul of his saints, he delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. So, just another good... I'm just trying to give you some encouragement here. Uh, Psalm 112, verse 7, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings... His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord now, really, what I get into on a weekly basis here is kind of you know the whole realm of evil tidings. I hate to say that, but when when when, you're, when your heart is fixed and you're trusting in the Lord you're not going to be afraid of these things it's just really a confirmation of what the word of God says was going to happen evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived we know the antichrist is going to rise he's going to use all lying signs and wonders and miracles to deceive the whole world Jesus Christ himself said as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man well Noah's day was pretty about as wicked as you could get you know, I mean, it couldn't get much more wicked. And then it also says that as it was in the days of Lot. And then you look at Sodom and Gomorrah. So we should be expecting it to be this way. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray against these things and fast and these types of things regarding these matters. But we should be expecting this to be this way. It's just confirmation of the Bible. And then let's go further here. Uh, Psalm 121, verse 7 and 8. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I mean, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It sounds good to me. Proverbs 133. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So you hearken unto the Lord. You trust in the Lord. Fear of God. These types of things uh, procure safety. There's also Bible verses in there regarding... um, giving to the poor, and giving, you know, uh, to these types of things, and, and widows and orphans and things like this, and, and how God will preserve those that do that. So that's another thing um, that you could throw in there as well. Uh, then Proverbs 3, 23 and 24, Then shall thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt... Not be afraid, yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. So there's another verse that kind of pertains to sleep. Uh, because, you know, and that verse is, I'm preaching that as much to myself as anyone. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, after you go through this stuff all day long, I mean, my head's just <laughs> rolling. It's like the gears are turning, and I can't get to, hardly get to sleep at all. And, and I need to take this as much as anyone else, as far as my advice here. Um, Deuteronomy 33, 12 says, The beloved of the Lord shall dwell safely by him, and the Lord shall cover him all the day long. So, that's another awesome verse, praise the Lord. The, The Bible also says, Under the covert of thy wings will I make my refuge, while these calamities be overpassed. The covert means the shelter of his wings. So, that's another verse. When I was going through that real dark time in my life, I used to envision that like, I mean, I was a mess, and I would just envision God being over me, like with his, like with wings, and just covering me while like this storm was passing overhead. It's it's just a, it's like a really comforting thought. You know what I mean? Uh, so going further, Proverbs eighteen. Oh no, Joshua one nine. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord is thy thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. So again, God's with you wherever you, you go. Uh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. And so these are verses that you can dwell on. Uh, also putting on the full armor of God, Ephesians 6, and these types of things are very important. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth, righteous runneth into it and is safe. So you call upon the name of the Lord. If, if you're if you're confronted with evil, you know, if all you can get out of your mouth is Jesus, I'm telling you, you do it in faith and it will work. I guarantee you. <laughs> but you gotta do it in faith. You can't just call out like a, a new ager would call out some new age Sananda Jesus or whatever kind of Jesus they think, not the Jesus of the Bible. Um, it, it needs to be it needs to have faith behind. It. Because without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And then next verse, Second Corinthians 3, 3. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. So these are just some really good verses. You might want to print those out. The PDF will be, um, I'll put the PDF up with this teaching associated with uh, November seventh, two uh, 2010. And, um, you can print those out, and and if you want to keep those with you, you know, if you have, like, an organizer or something or whatever, just some good verses to have with you. Uh, some updates here on the forum, which we've had it for quite a while, but we've had a lot of people problems with registering on the forum, and uh, I'm just going to read you what, I'm not really, I'm not in charge of the forum, um, some of my listeners are. They're the ones that totally take care of that. I just don't have time to, to get into that. But I'm going to read this the email I got. It says, We will be shutting down the End Times and Current Events Forum. This is due to too many problems with the host company and too many problems with registrations and just general use of the host site. But not to worry, we have created a new, easier forum. The new forum will follow the old one's layout in a way that's easier to use. You will have to re-register at the new forum. So I've gotten some emails and they're like, I can't get on. Well, you have to re-register. Uh, now, I give you a link here. I'm not going to spell it out. It's too long. You're going to have to go to the PDF. Um, and I will have it up on my website eventually as well. But for now, I'd go to the PDF for uh, November 7th, 2010, and just click on that. Uh, now, also, if you go to the old form, the this new form website will be, I think, in the header somewhere. So you can click on it there, too. Uh, And then I give you, if you have any questions, there's an email address you can email to. Now, another comment from me to update you so that you can update others as well. Our main YouTube site, End Time Delusion, is gone now for supposed copyright infringement. Now, they've been after me for a long time. And Stephen, the man who put up the the videos, uh, listener of, of mine, I mean, he put in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. And they took him down one other time. He went right up and started doing it again. But, you know, they're, they're really after this type of information on YouTube. YouTube's really turned into the thought police at this point. So they took, they got the end time delusion site down. But the thing is, is there's enough other listeners putting the teachings up there where it's going to be tough for them to get all of them. Because there's all kind of other people that are doing that as well now. Maybe not to the extent that Stephen did on End Time Delusion, but there's still a lot of other people doing it. So, also the other site that I was dependent on for virtually all of my older audio teachings, unfortunately, these older links have deteriorated. Now, the reason that I had to do it that way is because when Sermon Audio pulled their uh, fast fast one on me and basically kicked me off with ten day notice, with ten days notice, even though I had never even had a, a warning. From the guy that owned Sermon Audio in like the four years I was up there. Never even had a warning. They gave me ten days notice They kicked me off. And um, I knew it was a matter of time because I preached against or taught against a lot of the things that probably a lot of the other preachers on Sermon Audio were doing. So it was really a matter of time before I had to go. So I knew that day was going to come. But they got me off there. But I was in a position where I had to try to get my teachings up very quickly. And there was another site that already had the, the audios up. And we actually were able to pull those audios into our site and use them, but I think through what they call DivShare, but I think because of the volume that we're doing, uh, they deteriorated. And now if you go up there and you try to go to contendingfortruth.com, if you're clicking on, and I'm talking probably audio six months or older, they're probably not going to work. If, if they have a description and the audio player there. Now, if you go up to ContendingForTruth.com, in the right-hand corner, you'll see a uh, tab for... Uh, let, let me just go up here real quick so I can tell you this. It says, uh, it's some, some to the effect of downloads, uh, previous downloads, that type of thing. You can click on that tab, and there's 383 of my teaching's audios up there, 383. So, you can get quite a few, in fact, pretty much all the majority of the older audios. What you can't get up there are the PDFs associated with them and a description. But you can still listen to the older audios. They're in alphabetical order, and um, I wanted to give you that as an option, because a lot of people don't know that that's that's there, and it is there. It's downloads, and it says Past Teachings. Okay, it's in the right-hand corner of the ContendingForTruth.com site. So you can go up there. Now, beyond that though, a listener, another listener just put up a website of all my audios and my PDFs, all, every one of them, from beginning to end, in chronological order. And um, God bless them. Uh, it's CFTresources.com. Wat Cat um CFT resources. Dot com. And I give you the link here. And um, they've got all the MP3s, all the PDFs, in chronological order. So you can get them all. Now, there's not a description, but at least, you know, they're there. And then it gives you the option on how to download them and save them and that type of thing. So anyway, I just wanted to update you real quick because, you know, I understand it's a hassle. And I, I'm sorry this is happening, but we've been, we've been really targeted in the last, I'd say, Ten months, big time. I mean, since this started the Sermon Audio, it seems like the Satan's really focused in on anything we're trying to do on the internet. And it's no wonder with the type of information that we get into on a weekly basis. It's really no wonder. Uh, but, no matter what happens, we always seem to, to, to usually come out in a better position where we're actually doing something better than we were before. There's more people putting up the teachings. So, anyway, let's go ahead and get into our first article This is regarding the Federal Reserve. On June 3, 2009, Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke promised the U.S. Congress that the Federal Reserve would not monetize the debt of the United States government. On November 3, 2010, the Federal Reserve announced a massive quantitative easing program which will involve the purchasing of $600 million of U.S. Treasury securities by the middle of 2011, creating $600 billion out of thin air and using them to buy up U.S. government securities is is actually, that's what monetizing the debt is. Okay, So, Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke has been caught in another lie. Monetizing the debt is a desperate act. It is the signal that we are rapidly reaching the end of the game. Slamming interest rates all the way to the floor did not revive the U.S. economy. Hundreds of billions of dollars in extra government spending did not do the trick either. The U.S. economy is still dying and the government is now beginning to find it very difficult to locate buyers for all that debt that it is constantly creating and issuing, so we've been saying this for a long time regarding the dollar, and now it's really starting to to come to a head here. And um, we're just trying to warn you so that you know you can you can prepare yourself uh, in whatever way the Lord's convicting you to do that. Next article is related to this. Um, the Federal Reserve today announced that it will be implementing a $600 billion in additional quantitative easing by the end of June 2011. I mean, this isn't like a conspiracy theory. This is They've announced they're doing it. Um, the Federal Reserve will maintain its current policy of reinvesting principal payments from, the, from its security holdings and will expand its balance sheet by an additional $75 billion per month. The total announced balance sheet expansion was $100 billion higher than the public consensus of $500 billion. The Federal Reserve will continue to hold interest rates at a record low, 0 to 0.25%, where they have been for nearly two years. Quantitative easing is nothing more than the Federal Reserve printing money and creating inflation. This quantitative easing steals from the purchasing power of the incomes and the savings of Americans. While Americans are distracted by the mainstream media with daily debates by Democrats and Republicans about taxes, the U.S. taxes have almost nowhere near the effect on the lives of the middle class Americans, as does the Federal Reserve's monetary policy and quantitative easing. Instead of millions of Americans attending Tea Party rallies in Washington with Glenn Beck, Sarah Palin, they should be marching outside the Federal Reserve, uh, building in New York, chanting, and end end the Fed. Now that's their opinion, okay? I, I, I would say... Whatever God's convicting you to do, I think we should resist evil anyway, we should anyway God's you know, convicting you to resist it. But the, the Federal Reserve is a main source of of the problem and if they can keep doing this, the dollar keeps devaluing and you keep having less and less and less purchasing power. Where you've heard of like the Weimar Republic and these types of things where you, you could have a wheelbarrow full of money and you could buy a loaf of bread with it. That's the end end of that type of scenario. Um, as highlighted in the NIA's new documentary, End of Liberty, which just surpassed 170,000 views in three days, prices of nearly all agricultural commodities have been spiraling out of control in recent months, just in anticipation of today's quantitative easing announcement. In the past 60 days alone, cotton prices are up 54%, corn prices up 29 orange juice prices are up 17%, and sugar prices are up 51%. Meanwhile, the Dow Jones has only gained nine. The Federal Reserve is doing everything in its power to push stock market prices up so that the government can take credit for an economic recovery. But as NIA has been warning for years, inflation gravitates most towards the goods that Americans need most in order to live and survive. There's nothing that Americans need more than food. The agricultural commodity price increases of the past two months will begin to make their way into all supermarkets nationwide during the next few months. Americans who have been struggling just to make their mortgage payments will now be forced to stop making their mortgage payments just in order to buy food. Now we're going to watch, I'm going to play about 19 minutes of this clip that I got, it's called The End of Liberty. And I got an email from a listener saying that these guys are, um, they're, they're in this, they're, they're putting out this video in order to make money. Well, they're telling you to go with gold and silver. Okay, which I'm interested in the content of the video. And the content of this video, from what I could see, confirms basically all the research that I've done. And if they have a hidden agenda, if if you sign up for their newsletter and they're telling you to do this or that, listen, disregard that if you want to, if they're telling you to buy a particular stock. What I'm interested in is the content. I'm interested in looking at, okay, how is Big Brother, what are they doing, What can we expect in the next few months? So just bear that in mind. Maybe there's truth in what he was saying. He sent me some videos regarding these guys. But I'm going to tell you right now, this video was jam-packed with truth regarding the United States government, regarding what we should expect on the horizon, regarding the plans that they want to implement. It's not their opinion. They're just documenting things pretty much like I do on a week-to-week basis. So we'll go ahead and just watch about 19 minutes of this, and then we'll go to the next article here.
0: The government's very fearful of losing control. You see with the teafots, you see with the protests, you see with the anger on the streets. They could put a GPS under your car without a court order and follow you. around. Yeah, it's Big Brother, and they're there, and they're watching you. When They told us why 9-11 happened, they said... Oh, because they hate our freedom and liberty. Well, I guess they're fixing that, aren't they? No more freedom or liberty.
2: United States is no longer the land of the free. Americans live in a system with literally millions of unnecessary government regulations that have destroyed the free market and sent millions of well-paying jobs overseas. Americans today are constantly watching their speedometers and trying to conform to every little rule, yet there are so many rules that it's impossible for even the most honest and hard-working Americans not to be breaking some type of law on a daily basis. We are slaves in a criminal monetary system where the Federal Reserve steals from the middle class through inflation and transfers this wealth to their banker friends on Wall Street. We are forced to accept pieces of paper as money when the U.S. Constitution defines only gold and silver as legal tender. NIA has already proven in our previous documentaries, Melt Up, The Dollar Bubble, and Hyperinflation Nation, that the U.S. dollar will soon become worthless and Americans will see the purchasing power of their savings and income destroyed. However, the impending currency, fiscal, and debt crisis is no longer NIA's greatest concern. We are now seeing countless signs on a daily basis that the U.S. is headed for a complete societal collapse that will end civilization as we know it forever.
0: You're actually breaking the law, breaking the law if you try to capture rain falling under your roof and pour it on your flower bed. Obviously, if you use the water
3: upstream, it won't be there for the person to use it downstream. So what about the little guy watering with rainwater at home? Will anybody do anything about that violation of the law? If she really does do that, then she ought to have a water right to do it. Ah!
2: The average American is reaching a boiling point. There is no common sense left in America. years old and are being carted to buy alcohol at major retailers like Target and Walmart. One NIA member has a son in the second grade who was suspended from school for one full year and told to await a threat assessment meeting for doodling a small rocket in his notes during class. 15-year-old Adam Hernandez, a high school freshman in Shorewood, Wisconsin, was recently arrested, handcuffed, and booked on a charge of theft after a friend let him have his lunch. Adam's friend was part of the school's free lunch program, but Adam wasn't. So eating his friend's $2.60 chicken nugget meal was stealing, according to school officials.
4: So Adam said his side of the story. They did not believe him. His friend, Jakari, who gave him the chicken nugget, they did not believe him. What they chose to do was was to handcuff him, arrest him at lunch, in front of the school body, and put him in
1: jail. They're actually showing a rally where they're coming out in support of this kid that got in all this trouble for getting this lunch. I mean, it's that insane, uh, things that are going on. And this is just going to give you story after story after story that are really happening around America. And just to kind of prove that point.
2: Federal agencies have now put six-year-old girls on the no-fly list as potential terrorist threats, and even three-year-old girls are now being harassed for no reason by TSA agents at airports.
0: Six-year-old Alyssa Thomas
2: is like any little girl. She loves her dolls, and she's already excited about the first grade. But according to the U.S. government... You should be
0: worried about what she's up to. Dr. Santosh Thomas was just made aware that his oldest daughter is on the list, the terror watch list that impacts travelers
2: who could be a threat to national security. Here, a TSA employee we've
3: decided not to show is patting down Mandy while my wife holds her. First, they tried a handheld metal detector. Mandy was not in the mood. And the TSA employee, well, in my opinion, did not know how to communicate. To her.
2: Americans can't even bring applesauce through security at an airport without getting arrested.
3: Supervisor Atkins of the TSA inspects Nadine Hayes' blue ice chest and finds items such as yogurt, grapes, sliced cheese, milk, cottage cheese, applesauce, and soda. Now, if
1: you watch this video, you'll actually see them doing this. The video is showing you the actual footage from inside the airport where all this is going on. And I just keep getting report after report after report Regarding these naked body scanners, and if you try to opt out, that they will make you feel like, you know, you are the lowest of scum, and then you're going to have to get a pat down, a a very, I don't know how you would say it. it, privacy invasion is not really a strong enough word and that they're going to make a gigantic example out of you and treat you like you're a terrorist because you refuse to go through these terahertz wave radiation uh, naked body scanners that literally unzip and rip your DNA apart and take a naked image of you, which is stored in a database, and I don't care what they say if they don't store them. They've already admitted to storing these images, and um, that's what is going to happen if you try to opt out, though
3: which were all essential food items for the hydration and health of her 93-year-old invalid wheelchair-bound mother, Eleanor. Supervisor Atkins refuses to compromise and rudely stated, we are going to confiscate everything. With this remark, Nadine reaches for the ice chest with her mother's food. Supervisor Atkins gives up possession to screen her teta and a tug-of-war over the ice chest begins. Nadine is very upset that she will not have her 93-year-old mother's food items, but is still going to try to make the impending flight. She then takes the now-empty ice chest and gathers the rest of her belongings. Supervisor Atkins appears to find this all rather humorous, as seen by her broad smile to her colleagues. Mele is finally given back her charge of Eleanor. With no assistance forthcoming, the TSA has abandoned an invalid 93-year-old woman and her caregiver. Nadine has been cuffed, and has been put in an awaiting police car with no explanation as to why they are doing this to
1: her. Now, think about this. You go to an airport, you pay for the plane ticket. You're paying to get on, you're paying for a service. But yet, you're paying for a service where you are being treated like a criminal and a terrorist from the very get-go. From walking into the the airport to going through all this car. And if you don't comply 100% with what these Nazi-like employees from TSA want you to do, and you don't go through the terahertz by and if you give them any uh, resistance whatsoever, you're going to wind up arrested. And you're paying for this service. That's the ironic part about it. So it's just something to think about. It's not like they're doing you some kind of favor. You're, our, the people that are paying for the plane flights are keeping the airports open. But it's like it's the opposite. It's like they're doing us some big favor, you know? And we have no rights as soon as we walk into the airport.
2: things ...are getting so bad at our airports that if your ticket says Brad, but your ID says Bradley, there is a chance that you won't be allowed to fly without getting strip searched and interrogated by Homeland Security. Last year, the state of Missouri issued a secret report entitled, The Modern Militia Movement designed to help police identify militia members or domestic terrorists. The report labeled libertarians, and more specifically, supporters of third-party political candidates like Ron Paul, Bob Barr, and Chuck Baldwin, as potentially being a domestic terrorist or members of a militia. Right after this report came out, a Ron Paul supporter who was leaving a Campaign for Liberty fundraiser in St. Louis was detained at the St. Louis airport for having Ron Paul bumper stickers on him and $4,700 in cash, which came from the sales of Ron Paul books and T-shirts at the fundraiser. Let's listen to some of the shocking audio from his encounter with TSA agents.
0: I'm just trying to ask some questions to figure out what all this is about
3: so I can get you on your plane. But you won't play smart, and I'm not going to play your game. How much money is it? I don't know the exact amount, sir. The card says about $4,700. $4,700? $4, why do you have all
0: the money?
3: I ask her so if I'm required by law to answer the question. That's my question. I'm point. just asking you why I have $4,700. Uh, that's my question. I don't understand why. Do you want law. to, I to talk to DBA, it. They If ask They can tell me questions. if I'm required to answer the law. I'm question, I'll answer the question.
2: I'm just asking for some simple this question? I just want to know why he got forty-seven hundred. an
1: unusual thing. I care. They need fifty bucks. He refuses to $47? answer any questions. He don't. He don't want to I mean, answer. So we I mean, we don't have to take him
3: down to the yeah, station I mean, and let let FBI and, and oh, all, those all of people talk to him. Everyone, you're suspicious okay. to me. You're from your answers. That's why we're going to take. Am I being forced you to say straight?
1: This right? guy couldn't be any more polite. He just is refusing from a constitutional, lawful level to answer probing questions regarding his private matters, okay? And and yet, they're treating him like an absolute total criminal with all these threats and, and these types of things. I mean, you know, why don't they just give the guy 30 days in the electric chair? I mean, just, you know, he doesn't deserve to live, right? I mean, that's the way they're treating the guy. I, I hate to say it, but the day and times are going to come where they're probably going to get that, it's probably going to get that bad. You know, where, where they're just, if this stuff is, is, is let go unchecked, it can only get... Worse, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make.
3: You will be. You will be forced. Yes, you'll be going to the station. You'll be forced. Okay. That's fine. That's, yeah, I
1: understand. You're, you're going to be going to the station. Now, do we have to put you in handcuffs or will we have a problem? No, sir. you're walking not. through this. Uh, no, I'm detained. Yes. Okay, that's fine, sir. I don't understand the law. I'm happy to go. Well, we going
2: to you
3: understand
2: you don't. Americans' rights and personal liberties are being trampled on. Earlier this year, when the public expressed their concerns about airports adding full-body scanners that allow them to see your body fully naked, the TSA stated, And as an additional precaution, the image won't be stored, transmitted, or printed, and deleted immediately once viewed. The TSA and other federal agencies flat-out lied to the public. The U.S. Marshall Service has now admitted that over 35,000 naked images of Americans from the full body scanner used at the federal courthouse in Orlando, Florida, have been stored between the months of February and July of this year alone. NIA- so
1: 35,000 images just from one courthouse were being stored just in one month, and yet they say that they don't keep any of those images. They're liars. It's like saying we trust Satan. You cannot trust Satan. The government's gotten that bad where you just cannot trust anything that they tell you. And, of course, they're doing it for our own good, you know, according to them.
2: ...believes that these full-body scanners are unconstitutional and violate fundamental human rights. The mainstream media has worked tirelessly to calm Americans' privacy fears by showing altered images from these scanners with blocked-out genitals. The truth is these scanners produce images that make human genitals fully visible and a simple computer technique of inverting the image produces an image that is in full
0: lifelike color. One of the things I've learned to hate the most is to travel on airplanes. What a humiliating experience. Everybody's guilty until proven innocent. Now come on, you think they're going to do the same airplane trick again? How about calling this making a lot of money? It's just another way to make money, intimidate the people, and keep them in control. Look, you go into any office building, and you got to go through this stupid routine of showing your identification, your license, getting the picture taken. Come on. You know, it's not like I just landed on the planet last year.
2: The rush to install naked body scanners in airports came right after the failed underwear bombing in Detroit which NIA believes was taken way out of proportion by the media in an effort to help their corporate friends make billions off of the American public. What if, God forbid, there is another isolated terrorist attack in the U.S., but this time at a shopping mall? Will all shopping malls be forced to implement naked body scanners? What about schools, rail stations, bus terminals, and even high-traffic city streets? NIA believes that keeping Americans safe at home should be the primary goal of the U.S. government.
1: See, again, they get you used to it at the airports, and then it's going to be at the wherever, train stations, and then it's going to be at the bus stations, wherever there's travel involved. And then who knows, the malls, where does it end? It doesn't. That's the thing, you give the devil an inch and he's going to take a mile.
2: But in no way should Homeland Security be used to violate Americans' privacy and constitutional rights. NIA has just learned that if you buy a new Toyota at a dealership in San Diego, the sales transaction is now videotaped in order to satisfy a requirement of Homeland Security, which they claim is to prevent the laundering of drug or terrorist money. If you are driving on a New York State Highway, And pay your toll with a denomination over twenty dollars. The New York State Thruway Authority collector must collect your license plate number and report you to the Department of Homeland Security. These homeland so if
1: you use a fifty dollar bill, you're going to be you're going to be reported to Homeland Security. If you, I mean, this is how insane uh, our government has is getting, and you know, is unfortunately, it looks as though it's only going to get worse.
2: Security measures are infringing on our rights and not making our country the slightest bit safer. The U.S. today is experiencing a merger of state and corporate power. The average small business owner in America is being squeezed by government, forcing Americans to rely on a select few corporations that have all the wealth and power. Business is booming at Vernon Hirschberger's farm.
0: I'll show you.
2: Customers are lining up in record numbers to get their hands on his
3: raw milk illegal raw milk. We should have the right to choose what types of foods and what types of uh, drinks that we want to put into our bodies. Wednesday, state inspectors raided the farm with a search warrant. While serving the warrant, they not only put tags and tape on the coolers inside the store, they came in here where people actually get their raw milk out of a tank and they poured a dye inside the tank.
1: Okay, now the quote here is, if, if people let the government decide what foods they eat and what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in as a sorry a state as the souls who live under, these, uh, uh, under tyranny. Uh, again, they're trying to impose the same draconian measures regarding our food supply as they are just regarding what's going on in the airports and every other aspect of our lives. And like with why would they want to attack raw dairy? Well, because raw dairy is so much better for you than pasteurized dairy. When you pasteurize dairy, you're you're essentially killing all the enzymatic activity that would naturally occur in the milk. Uh, you're killing and denaturing a lot of the different vitamins, proteins, and minerals that are, that are in the milk naturally. And it's the way, if you think about it, before pasteurization, that's the only type of milk that was available, was raw milk. Okay, It's so much better for you than the other. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need to be um, have proper sanitation processes with raw milk, and that is important. But what they can get away with when they pasteurize milk is basically... Uh, they can make dirty milk and just fry it with the pasteurization and the milk can be totally filthy. It can have dead parasite carcasses and dead everything in the milk, but it's dead. So it's, the bacterial content will be zero because they fried it, but there's still all kind of nasty stuff in the milk. You can't do that with raw milk. You have to be more meticulous with the way you process raw milk or people will get sick. So the people that make raw milk obviously do that because they have to do it. And obviously they're more conscientious anyway if they would bother to make raw milk. Uh, But again, I can understand why they would want to go after raw milk or anything of the growing organic vegetables and, and these types of things. It's just about micromanaging every aspect of our lives. Let's go further. And this is a quote by Thomas Jefferson. If people let the government decide what foods they eat and what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in this... Oh, okay, it was the same quote I read. Sorry. That was by Thomas Jefferson. Now we're going to talk about food a little bit here.
2: Ago, 20 agents raided Rawson Foods in Ventura County, California with a search warrant, ordering workers to put down their buckets of mashed coconut cream and to step away from the nuts. This was the third time this same farm had been raided in three months. Sharon Palmer, owner of Rawson Foods, thought she was on her way to resolving the problem over labeling of her goat cheese after the first two raids, but apparently not. It's pretty shocking how the police and district attorney in California have absolutely nothing better to do than harass honest, hardworking farmers who are growing and sharing natural, healthy, organic foods. It,
3: it's As-
1: showing a picture of this of this raw some foods being raided, and this jackboot thug is in there with it looks like uh, I don't know a forty-five or forty-caliber handgun. I mean, he's he's uh, he's cocked and locked. It looks like, and he's got he's drawn down on somebody there. Uh, I mean, this is, this is the insanity. We, we've got illegal aliens just pouring over the borders. They're just letting them come in in droves. That's okay. We can't even, and, and the cops can't even question their immigration status because that's not politically correct. But, but yet we've got these cops in here going after raw food places and treating them like they're, you know, the worst of the scum as far as criminals, drawing guns. I mean, this is absolute insanity.
2: As part of the raid, Sharon's 12 year old daughter, Jasmine, had her computer taken and her homework lost. Jasmine still hasn't received back her computers from the two previous raids. All across the US, small organic food co-ops are being raided by police with guns drawn. Farmers are being treated no different than cocaine kingpins and are being charged with such things as illegally selling raw milk. These food co-ops are guilty of nothing other than sharing healthy food with people in their local communities. However, they are obviously a threat to the large agricultural corporations that pay off our elected representatives in Washington. Americans need to speak out now to help protect small farmers from the FDA and other government agencies that have been hijacked by the greedy and destructive billion-dollar agricultural giants.
0: They're putting the people out of business, particularly at a time when people want more organic food. They don't want... Auschwitz farms, eggs coming from, I love the names like Sunnydale farms, you know, Hillandale farms, chicken coop concentration camps. People want a higher quality, and they know that they're going to erode the profit base of these large corporations that work on very thin margins. So they're putting them out of business. They're making it more and more difficult for them to compete competition's all but dead, and they keep killing it more and more.
2: Every private
0: individual in America
2: deserves to have the basic human right to buy farmland and cows and share their production of food with others. With the government trying to destroy small farmers because they are a threat to the market share of major agricultural corporations, it's a sure sign that a U.S. breakdown of society is imminent. The government claims to be trying to protect our health, But any American with common sense knows that the natural food produced on these small farms is a lot more healthy than the food produced by large corporations that are loaded with artificial preservatives and other unnatural ingredients. The police obviously know they are in the wrong if they have to show up with such excessive force that is clearly unwarranted for the situation. Imagine if one of the workers at the farm was using their thermal laser temperature guns while the raid was taking place. The cops would have most likely shot and killed the worker knowing full well that no one would hold them accountable for their actions. Illinois Senator Richard Durbin recently introduced a new bill, S-510, the FDA Food Safety Modernization Act. This could be the most dangerous and destructive bill ever introduced in our nation's history. If enacted, it will make it illegal to grow, share, trade, or sell homegrown food. This legislation is so broad that someone with a backyard garden could get fined and have their property seized.
3: It's written so broadly that they can come and shut us down, and it scares the farmers out here. They may decide it's not worth the risk to lose my land.
2: This bill seeks to effectively put all U.S. food and farms under the control of the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Defense. NIA finds it outrageous for something this unconstitutional to even be considered, but it already has a shocking 17 co-sponsors in the U.S. Senate. Most Americans would be shocked to learn that there is already an executive order that allows the government to take over all food resources and farms during a crisis. NIA believes that all executive orders are unconstitutional because it allows the president to enact the law without approval from Congress. According to the U.S. Constitution, if the president wants to pass new laws during a national emergency, he must call Congress into an emergency session. During the Great Depression, Congress enacted the Agricultural Adjustment Act, which paid farmers to destroy their crops in an attempt to artificially raise food prices. This increased the duration of the Great Depression, which would have ended a lot sooner without
1: it. They paid farmers to destroy their crops, to create, in part, the, de- the depression. I mean, that is about as sick of a thing as I've ever heard. But, you know, if they were that bad back then, you can imagine what they're capable of now.
2: Declining food prices due to technological advances should have allowed Americans to maintain their standard of living even with rapidly falling wages. However, the Agricultural Adjustment Act led to millions of Americans overpaying for food and nearly starving to death.
3: In the Great Depression, rabbits uh, saved a lot of people from starving. I mean, you can look it up. And uh, In America, they've always been typ- typically pets. So people, they, they don't look at them like in Europe where it's uh, you know, a food source. But uh, like I said, right now they're just pets, and hopefully it never comes down to that because they are cute.
2: The U.S. is currently on the brink of a major food crisis that will lead to millions of Americans starving to death this decade. In October of 2009, NIA predicted that inflation would appear next in food and agriculture. In just the past few months alone, coffee prices have gained 40%, pork belly prices have gained 50%, and wheat prices have gained over 100%. Being
1: in the restaurant. So, again, this is really starting to relate to what we're talking about this week on the quantitative easing. And they have a little note here on this particular thing. It said they just released a very important economic update. The uh, report discusses the significance of this week's Federal Reserve's quantitative easing decision and U.S. elections and how it relates to inflation in the U.S. dollar. Um, and you can sign up for their free uh, updates. And I the informations up there but they show this particular man and he's got he's got his own little backyard and he's he's got rabbits and he's got his own um, garden he's got a lot of things that he's put away um, in the form of storable foods in the form of uh, you know if you can't afford to go out and, and which a lot of people can't and go out and go like the the um, the route where you're going to these companies that actually make a lot of the storable foods and to be quite honest with you, I'm not really wild about most of the companies that make them because when I read the ingredient lists on a lot of them, they're loaded with chemicals. I mean, loaded. You know, anytime you get into soups and, and things that are pre-prepared, they've usually got so much garbage in the foods themselves. I try just to buy basic staples, like if you go out and you're going to go that route, Get some like ground beef or something in 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 those 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 uh, cans, the dehydrated things like that. Things that don't have a lot of like forty eight ingredients on them. Whenever you see things with tons of ingredients, you know that you're dealing with something with a lot of chemicals and uh, those types of things. So uh, the easiest thing to do would be out and go to get rice and beans. Essentially, different kinds of beans, different kinds of rice. Uh, you could do that a little bit every week. Of course, I don't know how much time we have right now. But rice and beans, you're going to be getting carbohydrates and you're going to be getting different proteins. Now, you're not going to be getting complete proteins with rice and beans, but you will be getting your essential, uh, most of your essential proteins and the carbohydrates. These are things, you know, that, you know, you can be used to live on. Uh, um, That would be like if you were going to try to do it the most economical way would be good things to store up on. And uh, you want to make sure if you store them long term, that what you might want to do is uh, have them in like Mylar bags or um, the uh, even the, the bags they've got, the cans they've got at like Home Depot, the plastic buckets they keep paint in. You can actually take those and you can order some oxygen absorbers online. You fill it with... With rice or beans or whatever, you you make sure there's as little air in there as possible, and you throw, you know, five or ten of those little oxygen absorbers in there. They're pretty cheap. And now you've got storable foods. And you've done it for, most likely, a really good price. But if this quantitative easing starts to kick in more and more and more, which most likely I don't see any other way, any other thing that could possibly happen, um... Your purchasing power is going to continue to erode, and you're not going to have the opportunity to get the food. So these are just some things that you want to really bear in mind and look at regarding the near future. That's all I really want to play on that particular clip because um, uh, I think we covered most of the, the points there. Now, there, that goes on for about another hour, that particular documentary. And I highly advise you watch the whole thing because it really does give you like, the big picture. Next article is the U.S. Uh, this is about Obama's $200 million day uh, trip to Mumbai. Uh, U.S. is spending a whopping $200 million per day on President Barack Obama's visit to the Mumbai. Um, the huge amount of around $200 million would be spent daily on security, um, the uh, accommodations, and other aspects of the presidential visit. Top official from the government in Indonesia privy to the arrangements for the high-profile visit said that he was the one that actually stated this. About 3,000 people included in this particular trip. Secret Service agents, U.S. government officials, and journalists would accompany the president. Several officials from the White House and the U.S. security agencies are already here uh, for the past week with helicopters, ship, and high-end security instruments. There's also, oh my word, like a battalion of warships and these types of things that are actually over there. Uh, supposedly guard him. So while the government, while the U.S. government is in absolute shambles, and the economy is in shambles, and people can't pay their their mortgages and, and these types of things, he's over there spending two hundred million dollars a day of taxpayer money. I mean, the, the devil isn't a strong enough word to describe Obama. It, it's it's really not. Satan. I, I don't I don't I don't want to insult Satan. You know what I mean? That, that type of thing. Uh, yeah, he, he's about that bad, okay? So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there, um, kind of make you feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, next one is Homeland Security to regionalize emergency supplies over the next 90 days. And this one, let's see here. This is from Independence News. A phone interview with Sharon uh Blyler of the Homeland Security Department revealed that Homeland Security is stepping up regionalizing disaster supplies. Simply put, they are taking emergency items that are currently centralized in Washington, D.C. and distributing them nationally. Sort of like mobilization of supplies. Their plan is to compete complete the supply of 15 Homeland Security warehouses around the country in the next three months. Mrs. Blyler is quoted as saying, we have worked hard in the last six months to meet our local objectives. Now remember, Homeland Security is the same one they just said, is ultimately going to try to take over all the food supply system of America. They're the ones that are coming down in and in, in really the essence of Big Brother in so many aspects of, of American life. She continued, the goals of Homeland Security are in sight. It is difficult to know whether this is a good or bad omen. Well, I'd say bad, but it says no comment was offered as to why this program has been given so much urgency at the time. It's nice to know we're ready, but ready for what? In other words, they're mobilizing all these supplies in different warehouses around the country, and guess who's doing it? Homeland Security, all these food supplies. And yet we just saw this thing, how they're trying to take all the local food co-ops out, and we're looking at the at the devaluation of the dollar and the monetation of the uh, monetization of the debt and the quantitative easing that's going on, which would ultimately erode our per- purchasing power. And how all the agricultural things are gonna are, are going up right now as we talk. And you would think, well, if we got into a situation where there was some type of national emergency, which that could come on so many different levels, false like nuclear event, um, pandemic. Uh, World War III, uh, earthquakes, tsunamis, who knows, you name it. Well, all it would take, would, that, would, that would be all it would really take to shut down the actual uh, food chain. I mean, that's all it would really take. I mean, something like that could shut down airports, transport, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the semis that go across the nation if they put states on lockdown. Well, in that case, who would we turn to? Well, we'd turn to, most people would turn to Big Brother to say, well, we, we need to be fed, Mr. Big Brother, you got to feed us, this is your responsibility. And they'd say, oh, we're all more than happy to do this, now there's going to be a price, you're going to have to get your RFID bracelet, uh, which we can track you with, and you're going to have to do this, and you're going to have to do that, and you're going to have to jump through that hoop and this hoop. And then you'll get your food. Okay, And they're going to have all these goods pre-positioned around America. And guess who's going to be in charge of it? Homeland security. It's like Satan himself. So, I'm telling you, the handwriting is on the wall. It's, it's, I think it's just a matter of time before something like this goes down here. Uh, in a previous report, we brought our readers to view how the U.S. government has been preparing for emergencies and disasters for decades. They've stocked not only food, but also built underground bunkers stored seed varieties to restart agriculture in the event of a global catastrophe, and designed secondary systems of government, which is the shadow government, regarding martial law, in the event of such events as an economic collapse, nuclear war, and even an asteroid collision. The U.S. government is preparing on a worldwide scale, far from equilibrium scenarios is evident. According to some reports, there has been an acceleration within the emergency planning elements of our government, as if they are anticipating some type of event in the near future. The anecdotal evidence from freeze-dried food manufacturers in private bunker construction firms indicates that the government is rapidly purchasing supplies, often leading to shortages for civilians trying to do the same things. Well, that would be by design on their part. They want to make sure we can't we don't have access to those things, and that's why it's important that if the Lord's convicting you, if you're in a position where you can do, do what you can do. I mean, you know, the prudent man foreseeth. The evil and hideth himself, but the sibl pass on and are punished. The Bible says that we should go to the ant, and you know observe the ant, and it says that the ant, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the ant stores up his food in summer so that he has food enough to eat in winter, and that's just kind of like you know good common sense practice for us to to look at there. Okay, now granted, it's maybe it's not going to be the same for every single person. I'm just telling you from a biblical standpoint, the Bible does mention that. And those are things that we should think about. Uh, let's go to the next article here, which kind of relates to all this, and it's entitled, 420 Banks Demand One World Currency. This is from World Daily Net. The Institute of International Finance, a group that represents 420 of the world's largest banks and finance houses, has issued yet another call for a one-world global currency, according to Jerome Corsi's Red Alert reports. So these banks are calling for one One world currency, which I believe that they're going to refer to as, it's called the Bancor. Okay, it's not going to be, most likely we're going to skip the Amero, which would be the North American currency, and we're going to go right to the Bancor, which would be the one world currency. A core group of the world's leading uh, economies need to come together and hammer out an understanding. Uh, That was said by Charles Dallara, the Institute of International Finance's managing director, as he told the Financial Times. An IFF policy letter authorized by Delara, dated on October 4th, made clear that the global currency coordination was needed in the group's view to prevent a looming currency war. And then I give you the link if you want to read more about that. I'm trying. What I try to do, though, is... is Intersperse these articles a lot of times so that they build on one another, so that you're seeing cross confirmation. You know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established, as the Bible says. So we're trying to we're trying to look for some confirmation here, and um, we're getting quite a bit. Uh, this was another little uh, blip that was on Steve Quayle's website. Uh, it was called the Silver Alpha: The Fundamentals of Silver are astoundingly positive and bullish in price prospects. My basic argument has been repeated many times. Industry has countless uses for silver and significant demand, but industry has only a minuscule isolated uses for gold, which is an actual trivial demand, at least on an industrial level. So silver wins on the demand side of the equation. Central banks own a huge amount of gold. They frequently sell it, even though there is a slippery surrogate, uh, the International Monetary Fund. Central banks own zero silver, on the other hand, so silver wins on the supply side of the equation as well. My motto is that gold fights the major political and financial wars, but silver will ride in on a on a shiny white horse and take much larger spoils, so there's another little thing that you can click on there. I mean, silver is clearly outperforming gold right now. I mean, it's not even close, what it's doing, so... Um, anyway, let's go further. Actually, I tell you what, we're going we're gonna to switch gears here and we're going to go ahead and go to part two where we'll get into some other subjects. God bless you.
4: If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's Free Christian Current Events and Health Newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's D r j o h n s o n at the letter i the letter x dot n e t c o m dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free twenty four seven on the internet at truth dot com. That's c o n t e n d i n g f o r t r u t h dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202. 3rd line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.